The blood of Jesus speaks of life, everlasting life. We thank you, Lord, that the life is in the blood. Our life is in the blood of Jesus. You paid the price to redeem, to ransom our life from the destruction of sin. You declare, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We say that by the blood we've been redeemed. From the power of darkness and the power of sin, we've been purchased and bought out of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son of your love, Jesus. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. God, we just thank you for redemption. We thank you for your great grace. We thank you for your presence in this place. As you hover here right now, Holy Spirit, knowing every situation, every circumstance, every home that's tuning in, every place that people are watching, I thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. You're the one that works with hearts. You're the one that works with situations of life to cause them to turn around. We thank you that you're here to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make whole. I thank you for utterance to speak as we ought to speak this morning. Give us ears to hear what you're saying, that we might receive into our hearts that word of God that is alive and actively working. We are thankful today where we are for the rain. We just want to acknowledge God as we prayed for the rain concerning our fires. What a wonderful rain yesterday. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for moving. We thank you for helping those firefighters to continue their work. Even today as there is wind uh, forecast, I thank you, Lord, that you cause those things to, to come back on themselves, that you give the firefighters the advantage and strengthen them. Lord, we do pray for an outpouring of your spirit upon our nation and upon our nation's capital. We pray for our leaders, Lord God, that you would break the bond of all the political things, stir in their hearts leadership, that we might have strong leaders of our nation. They wouldn't be caught in the politics of the day and the partisanship and the arguments and the division for a kingdom divided against itself will not stand, but we ask you to break down the walls of division. To deal with the hearts of our leaders, Holy Spirit, work in their hearts and their, their lives. We dispatch angels, ministering angels, to even waken them in the night hours. To begin to stir in them what is right and true and just and holy. That justice wouldn't just be words and a political tool, but truly we would begin to move towards justice and righteousness in our nation. We've caused that to mean so many things, but you know exactly what righteousness is. You know exactly what justice is. You know how to lead a nation. Father, that we might be that nation that is a light unto the world. As we've led in so many areas, you have ordained for us to lead and be a light of the gospel to all the world. And so we thank you for our freedom and our liberty. We thank you for working even now in our leaders that they might lead, that we might preserve those freedoms and those liberties. And that freedom to worship you and to proclaim the gospel. So we thank you, Father, for working in our leadership. 
We thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you'll do what only you can do in the hearts and the lives of every single person in this place today. Grant unto us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Open our eyes, flood our hearts with light. Show up every dark place in our life, and we might set those things aside and see the expectation of what you've called us to. That we'd see it with grace, anticipation, and enthusiasm. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for what will be accomplished by your word and by your spirit in every heart and in every life. In Jesus' mighty and matchless and majestic name we pray. And everyone who greets it, amen. amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? So good to be with you all right here in person. Everybody who's joining us online, we want to welcome our Meeker campus who's joining us today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We get to rejoice and be glad in it. Say this with me before you're seated. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Once again, it's so good to be with you. Uh, God is doing some tremendous, tremendous things. I want to remind you, uh, as the announcements have gone, next week, just mark it down, write it down. Next week, we are meeting outdoors up in the park under the tent up there. Uh, we had such a great time, 4th of July weekend, and so we decided this Labor Day weekend we'd have one service outside and uh, join together. So if you're watching online and, and where you are and uh, there's more space outside, if you want uh, to be with us next week, we would love for you to come and get to see you in person. And uh, all of you here will meet one service outside and see if we can get the whole whole body together and uh, fellowship together, picnic afterwards. And then remember, next Sunday night, uh, we're launching our Awana Club uh, for our kids. One of our, our, our goals as we uh, finish this year and move into 2021 is discipleship. And so Awana is discipling our kids. We're moving our, our launch today uh, of our youth group into Sunday evening service. And as we've uh, talked about and we've moved in that, I just want to make this announcement. Some of you are watching online. Some of you have known that uh, Zane Hatterley and, and Jonathan uh, Rossler have been doing our, our youth, our middle school and high school youth. And we've made some adjustments there and starting really we've, we've been planning, I guess, the launch for youth is tonight, but also the launch. John, why don't you stand up? Uh, John Piccinati is our young adults and our uh, youth leader, our youth minister now. And uh, we'll be leading those groups and uh, taking up that position. And so we're, we're uh, moving and adjusting things in the highest and the best and getting people in their place. That is the vision that God has given to us. And so we're very excited about the youth Sunday nights as we uh, move into that is really family night. We have looked at that. How can we disciple everyone at the same time? And so be looking in your bulletins Sunday evening for adults uh, is going to change as well. We don't have a schedule for that, but we're going to have different uh, classes. It's not just going to be the normal service, but we're hoping we're, we have some space challenges that we will figure out and uh, not space out there in space, but space uh, challenges, but we hope to offer a couple of different classes on Sunday night for adults so that you can, uh, as things go, uh, month or six-week sessions that you can go to on Sunday night. As you're bringing your children, you're bringing your youth, you can also be built up and fed. And so uh, we're excited about Sunday night moving, ending this year and moving into 2020, just being a family night, a time of discipleship, a time of fellowship together. So uh, just to inform you about that, we are encouraged. We, we look forward to you coming. And um, 
Praise the Lord. I want to remind you, I got, I got some offerings here or, or some announcements before we get into the word that we need to make. Uh, all of you in this room and all of you watching online, we have the app and then we have the check-in button. So all of you, even right now, if you have your phone with you, you can go onto that app right now, find check-in. And when you, push the, when you go to check-in, I know some people don't want to check-in, but then sometimes the same people who don't want to check-in are not liking the fact that they haven't heard from anyone. And so when you check-in, uh, it's the only way right now with us being in different places all over that we know that you're with us. And uh, in the check-in button, tell us if you were in person which I can see you all, but the way that the flow goes now, if I don't get out that door or this door, so many times I'm, I'm missing you. I, I love being out front and greeting people as they come. Things are, are changing, so sometimes we don't want to miss you. If you're online, we want to know that you're there, how many in your family are watching so that we can keep track of you. You know, one thing about a shepherd is he knows the affairs of his flock, and so this is one way that we can know where you are and how things are going with you. There's, there's your story. If you have a testimony of what's been going on on the app there, you're your story. We want to hear your story, your testimony, if you've accepted Jesus uh, in, in this time uh, to put that there. Um, there's also prayer requests. If you are on there, you're checking in, your family needs prayer, we want to know about that. We want to get you uh, in with our prayers, your requests, and pray for you. So the check-in, the app is so uh, important for us right now uh, to stay connected and, and to know where you are, what your needs are, what you're doing, so that myself, the pastoral staff, we can endeavor to stay connected, keep you prayed up, uh, prayed for, and prayed up behind you and with you. And so uh, remember to check in on the app. Praise the Lord. And then I just want to repeat this again because it went by pretty fast. And so if you uh, have your phone out, you have something here, uh, you're thinking about checking with Deidre. Uh, I'm going to give you her website one more time, really slow, so you can get it. www. Deidre on a mission. D-E-D-R-A-O-N-A-M-I-S-S-I-O-N, all one word, lowercase, Deidre on a mission, dot, wordpress.com, praise the Lord. So if you have on your heart uh, to support her, and uh, do you have any idea of how much your car is going to be? $6,000, so she needs a car, praise the Lord, I bet you all together, if we start praying, we could get that taken care of. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so if you want to connect with her for a car, you can do that. If you want to connect with us to help her with a car, then you can fill something out, uh, put there on your check or on your envelope that you want to help Deidre get a car. And uh, when you put it in the receptacles, anything marked to help Deidre with her car will go straight to Deidre for her car. All right? It won't go anywhere else. We'll make it sure it marks. It goes to her uh, to get her car. And so you can connect with her online, find out what it's going to take. She needs monthly support. So I know a car is great. We'll try to do that. But she also, there's that living expense every single month. So every little bit helps. So if you want to connect with her in, uh, as she endeavors and, and is following God in the call for her life and ministering to children, wasn't that great news? 700 people got saved because of what they're doing. Amen. And so uh, we believe in ministering in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I have this question just to start off with you today. Uh, as we enter in and we're in the middle of our uh, series of messages, what about you? But I want to ask you this. I want to propose this to you. What is your ask 
today? What is your ask today? Or what is your declaration today? Or what is your confession today? Just think about it for a moment. What is it? As we're going to talk a little bit about today, we're going to continue on that faith is now. And so often we're waiting to apply our faith to something like sickness or disease or finances once we have a problem. But our faith is something that we live by. You know, we know Habakkuk when we talk about vision. Habakkuk goes in and Habakkuk goes to pray and God says, write the vision, make it plain. So he who runs may read the vision for the vision is yet for an appointed time. And though it tarries, wait for it because it will come and it will not tarry. He said, the proud, their soul is not upright in them, but the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The the just shouldn't try faith to see if it works. Some people will say, I tried faith and it didn't work. Well, faith is not something you try. Faith is something that you live by. And if you live by it, then there's something going on today. There should be faith activated, faith stirring, faith consciously moving in our hearts today. Faith should be being applied in our life today. And so along with that question, what is your ask today, your declaration today, your confession today, however you want to frame that, I'm going to ask you this question. According to that, what scripture are you standing on? What scripture are you standing on? Because our faith is in the word of God. Our faith isn't in just what we desire, what we want, what the world is talking about, what the situations are of the day, but our faith is in the word of God. And when we understand that God performs his word, God watches over his word to perform it. God's not watching over what we want. He's not obligated to perform what we want him to perform, but he has obligated himself to his word. And so many times we start thinking as believers, we start moving around, and we're wondering why God is not doing what we think God should do. Why isn't God doing what I want God to do? But God's not obligated to do what we want him to do. God's not obligated to do what we think he should do if we were God, which thank God we're not. Come on, sometimes when you get into an emotional place and you're wondering why God's not doing the things the way you need him to do or you want him to do, you're really starting to say, God, I think I got this figured out better than you, but really in reality we're acknowledging I can't do what I think should be done. I need you to do what I think should be done, but God's not going to do things the way you think they should be done. God is doing them the way he knows they need to be done because he's the creator As we start to make our adjustments and we truly have faith in God and we have faith in his word, not faith in something that we want to happen, but faith in something that God has said he has already accomplished and promised us, our faith becomes active. It becomes real. And so Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, now faith is, everybody say now. Now Now faith is the substance of of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. See, faith takes us not only to expectation, but faith takes us all the way through expectation to manifestation. Clarence Jordan's translation says it like this, faith is turning dreams into deeds 
It's betting your life on unseen realities. It's betting your life on unseen realities. It's taking your life and saying, I will bet my life on the fact that what God has promised, he's well able to perform. Whether I see it or not, Abraham's the father of our faith because he bet his life on the fact that God was able to perform that which he promised. A word study of that breaks down and says, now faith is the, now the conviction of the truthfulness of God and his word is the foundation of for our confident expectation. It is the proof of what we do not see. He goes on to say that faith, by faith we understand. Listen, by believing God, by receiving God's word and putting our trust in God's word, things we did not understand about what God was doing, we begin to understand. And he says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. We talked about hope a couple of weeks ago. What is it that you're beginning to, to stir in your heart according to the word of God? What is that expectation as you believe God? But when we see that expectation is stirred, faith is actively right now making a declaration, making a petition before God, making an action before God, making a confession before God because I believe it and I will strengthen myself in faith, declaring that God is able to perform that which he promised. Listen, in the midst of the situations that we have today, people everywhere are vying for your faith. Politicians on both sides are talking to you over and over and over again. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to get you to believe what they say. So what are they saying? See, they know the power of faith. They know that if we can get you to believe us and confess with us in our direction that we have the power of your vote, we have the power of your support, and if we have that going with us, we'll create the dynamics of what we want, and they're looking for your faith. No matter what it is today, whether it's the virus, whether it's the political side, one side or another, whether it's somebody trying to convince you to do something and buy something, people are out there knowing that the human existence and the human creation has to do with choice. You and I get to choose what we believe right now. We get to choose to believe a lie or we get to believe the truth. And there are some facts that are out there, and there's some people who are telling us truth about situations, but above all, our foundation for life has to be set on the fact that we believe that this word of God is true every single time. That God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. If he has said it, will he not do it? That God is faithful to his word every single time. He's not set in your time frame. He's not set in my time frame. He's not obligated, once again, to what we want, but he has obligated himself to his word. And if he said it, will he not do it? And what he's just looking for is someone that will believe him and speak in line with what he has said. And so Romans, the 10th chapter in the 8th verse Romans, the 10th chapter in the 8th verse, Paul said, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mouth. 
He's quoting Deuteronomy there, and Deuteronomy says, The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may do it. God put his word in our heart and in our mouth so that there might be corresponding action with what we've allowed to come into our heart and what we declare out of our mouth. There will be a following subsequent action. Paul says this, the word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He said, listen, where is faith? When we talk about faith today, what is your ask today? What is your declaration today? We also have to wonder and begin to think with all of the things that have been coming to us, what is it that's in my heart today? What have I allowed in my heart today? What is the primary thing that is coming out of my heart? mouth today is it politics is it coronavirus is it lack is it trouble in my marriage is it trouble with my kids what is it that's consuming my heart because whatever's consuming my heart is what's coming out of my mouth and we begin to look at and say today what am I doing today what's in my heart today What have I allowed into my heart? What have I allowed to be planted into my heart that is now growing to the point that it is my daily confession? It is my daily point of talking. It is my daily debate. And if we're not careful, we're talking about temporal things over and over, but God has merged the eternal things of God into this lifetime. What God has told us has eternity wrapped in it. It has life wrapped in it. And so Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. He says, having been born again, having been born again. If you're here this morning and you've not been born again, we're going to give you a chance at the end of the service. We were all born into the natural, but you can be born again of the Spirit of God. Changes everything. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything becomes new, and then everything is of God because God loved you so much that he died, sent Jesus to die for you to break the power of sin over your life that you might receive life of God, and in that life of God become sons and daughters. So he said we're not born again of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which abides forever. If you're taking notes, you might highlight and underline abides forever abides forever. That word abide means to take up a dwelling place, but it also means to be present. To be present, in other words, is the word of God. The word of God is designed to be in the present and present with you. Not the word of God that we get around to someday, not the word of God that we talked about yesterday, but the word of God is to be present in our life today. If we're going to be strong in faith, if we are going to be the just who live by faith, there has to be the word of God abiding in our hearts right now, today. What's abiding in your heart today? Are you remembering a country song that you've listened to over and over again? Those things are captivating, aren't they? You know, some people can listen to all kinds of music, 
Man, I tell you, I listen to some music. It just sticks with me. I like music, and so it sticks with me. So if I'm listening to something that's not glorifying God, I hear it. Man, all of a sudden, I wake up, and I'm, I'm singing this tune. Half the time, I have to catch myself and go, what in the world am I singing? And I'm not saying that's wrong, but when all of a sudden I've filled my heart and that's what's coming out my mouth. You know, I just like waking up in the morning and all of a sudden something stirs on the inside of me. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking, I'm singing rattle. <laughs> declaring things, live, live. Dry bones hear the word of the Lord, live. Right? Or I could be singing about some relationship down at the honky-tonk. <laughs> right? So I'm not coming against that, but I'm just telling you that, that, that our, our heart is ground, that whatever we let seed, word seed into, you find that it comes out. With, we're not even conscious of it. How do we get caught up in the world's flow without even thinking about it? It's the seed that goes into our heart. And we start singing along with the world. We start talking along with the world. We start doing those things because stuff gets planted into our hearts. But if we want faith today, we want the word of God to be planted into our hearts because it won't be here today and gone tomorrow. It won't decay over a period of time. But it is the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And the thing about that seed of the word of God, and I don't have one this morning. I looked all over my office. I thought I had one because we've taught on the seed before. But if I had a package of seed right here this morning, that package of seed, if you look at it and you understand how the seed works, and you just right there in that package, so much great potential in that package. You begin to read and understand if we planted all those seeds in our garden, what the harvest would be and how much produce would be from that. And you could talk about all day long, man, I've got these seeds. These are incredible seeds. I'm going to have an awesome garden. It's going to be a great garden. It's going to be a wonderful garden. I can't wait until my garden in the fall. But if you set those seeds on the counter and never plant them, you will never have a harvest. So often as Christians, we're like, here it is, God, here it is. This is I got the word of God. It has so many promises in it. But then we lay it down on the nightstand. We lay it down on the bookshelf. And we're wondering, why isn't this happening? Because we haven't taken this word and planted it in our hearts. And the potential of that seed planted in your heart, Paul said this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it has contained within itself the power of God unto salvation. That gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to save, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make whole, and to prosper. But he says that word must be near you, and it must be in your heart. Not in your mind, not just in a memorization, but planted in your heart. And when it's planted in your heart, it begins to grow in your heart, and it's something that you can't help but confess out of our mouth. So I just ask you again, today, what is your ask? What is it from God's word that you know that he's promised something that you're counting on, 
that you said today, right now, today, this is something that I am standing on. This is something that I'm declaring. This is something that I brought before God. Because why? Because I need it? Because, no, it's in my heart. It's something that's near and dear in my heart right now, today. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. While you're turning there, I want to read these different translations about how faith comes. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Now that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He said, listen, you can listen to everything around. Why Why are all the talking points? Why is everything coming? Because the enemy even knows that faith comes by hearing and hearing. One of the reasons why you hear, if you tune into the news every single day, if you did it for 24 hours, do you know how many times you would hear the same exact thing? If you hear that same thing for 24 hours seven days a week, and you listen to it and allow it to go in your heart, pretty soon you're going to be believing it. And so many times we spend so much time listening to stuff over and over, thinking it's not going to have an effect, and yet we don't allow the Word of God to go into us as much as it should. And so what we believe is based on what's been planted, and we've heard, and we've heard, and we've heard over and over. You can take somebody who's convinced about Jesus and the love of God and has had an experience and an encounter with God and put them and immerse them in somebody who doubts God every single day. And before long, if they don't have the word of God, they hear that doubt, they will begin to doubt God. And many times as Christians, we, we're going for God and we don't understand how all of a sudden we begin to doubt, we begin to drift away. And most of it is because we've allowed our ears to listen. We've allowed things to be planted into our hearts that were never intended to be planted there. The Message Bible says it like this. The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. Before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. The Passion Bible says it like this. Faith, then, is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. It's about the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says this. My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. I encourage you today... That as we're talking about this, think about a scripture. Think about things that you know the word of God says. Stir up some word of God. Get an ask today in your heart. Get something today that's stirring in your heart. Think about it so when you leave and, and there's all kinds of other discussion going on, you don't lose that thought of this is what I'm standing on. This is what I'm declaring. This is what I'm asking God for. This is what I'm going to be declaring from my heart. Some of you might have multiple things, but if you haven't, start with one thing. And why is that important? Because when the enemy attacks, that's not the time to develop your faith. Right now is the time to develop your faith, your trust in God, your declaration of faith. Not playing catch-up, but getting out ahead and speaking to those things and calling those things that be not as though they were. 
Call yourself prosperous right now. You say, well, I'm doing fine right now. But if you continue to declare that God has prospered you, no matter what the economy does, you've already declared and spoken the word. And so you've established ahead of you that I am prosperous. If you begin to declare every single day that the same one who bore my sin on the cross that day By his stripes, I was healed. And if I was healed, then I am healed. You might say, well, I'm not sick today. Why would I declare healing? Because you're establishing health and healing for every day of your life. You're laying it out and saying, I am healed. He took my infirmities and he bore my sicknesses. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit of God. Therefore, I hold nothing against anyone. Say, well, I don't have any unforgiveness. You just keep saying, I'll hold nothing against anyone. Then when offense comes, it's easy to let them go. We're developing faith right now by declaring the word of God. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Whether times are good or whether times are bad, I'm so thankful that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say, I'm not having any trouble right now, but when I declare I can do all things, when trouble hits, when tragedy hits, when trial hits, when situations in your marriage with your kids hit, you don't stand back and go, oh my God, my world is falling apart. You have already established, I will get through this through Christ who is my strength. I'm not trying to do this in my own strength. I have already declared and got settled in my heart. What I do, I do with the strength that he gives me. Your declaration, your ask today is so important because what faith is, is faith is applying the word of God through obedience today and trusting God with your tomorrow. And so often we're waiting for tomorrow, but today we obey God. Today we confess his word. Today we, we act in appliance and, and acquaintance with his word, uh, applying his word to every day of our life. Not, you know what, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness and apply that tomorrow. I'll do what I want today and tomorrow I'll ask him to forgive me. No, today's the day. Today's the day to believe God. Today's the day to press in. Certainly I know it's all in all of us because the flesh works, but if you just think about the strength of your faith for mercy... If you just applied the strength that you have for mercy to grace to not do what you're about to do, we would live in righteousness. Say, what are you talking about, Pastor? What are you even talking about? How many times? Probably nobody in this room, but maybe people that are watching. (laughs) How many times have you struggled with your flesh? And, and the enemy says, just go ahead and do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Go ahead and do it. Everybody else is doing it. You can do it. It's all right. And then he drops the bomb. God will forgive you. And so you're like, okay, today I'm going to do it. I'll fix this later. Today I'm going to do it. And when I'm done, I'll ask for forgiveness. And I know God will forgive me. What is that? Faith in forgiveness. Praise God. But if you had as much faith in the power of God to keep you from it as forgive you from it, you wouldn't have to ask for forgiveness every day because you'd be walking above it. It's just a different application of your faith. I'll apply my faith after the fact or I will apply my faith now. 
Thank God for mercy. Thank God for the forgiveness. But if we understood, I can confess right now. So he said, give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Why would God say that? Because they are life, life to all who find them and health to all their flesh. Listen, this word right here that you read on a page, that if we're not careful, church, we get too familiar with when we let go, these words are life and these words are health. And we let other words come in. We let discouragement come in. We let trouble come in. We let things come in and begin to take up residence and abide in our heart. And we wonder where the health and the life is. But we've let things in that are not life and not health. We've let things take preeminence in our heart, in our mind, in our mouth that aren't the word of God. And then we're wondering, why is there not life? Why is there not health? Why is there not prosperity? And he follows up with that and he says, you have to guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart began to spring forth the very issues of life. Your heart, my heart, is the soil that the Word of God was created to bring forth all of the potential of God and the God life in our life. He said when it's planted in your heart, it takes root and it comes up and it produces fruit. What are those? What is that fruit? The very issues of life. The very things that control life towards righteousness or control life towards sin and death, they get down in your heart. How do they get down in our hearts? By what we incline our ear and our attention to. What are we giving our attention to today? I know right now you all are giving your attention to me and to the Word. But as we go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday... When other things are demanding our attention right now, do we have such an attention on the word of God that when somebody says at work, I need your attention right now, we need to get this done right now, you need to be consumed with this right now, immediately we know that's true, but what meshes with what we have to get done right now is the word of God, because God knows how to get it done, when to get it done, how to more efficiently get it done if he's going to prosper you, and he has the wisdom that created the universe, so if I don't get consumed with, oh my gosh, I got all this stuff to attend to. We've been attending to the word, and we apply the word to what we have to attend to today. It's life, it's health, it's strength. Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 7. Sorry there, the scripture I gave you Hebrews 4, but I went back and decided I'm starting here. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today... Everybody say today. today. That was weak. Everybody say today. today. Today, if you will hear his voice and not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray. Where? In their hearts. He said today, be careful. Guard your heart. Today, hear my voice. Don't harden your heart. Right now, today, just, just hear what God is saying. 
about faith now. Don't harden your heart. Don't say, I'm going to put that off till tomorrow. Well, I'll get to that, Pastor, someday. Don't harden your heart. Listen to today. He said, they have known my ways, and so I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. He said, beware lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Everybody say today. He said, we're to have the word of God in our hearts, all of us, and exhort one another with the word while it is today. Why? Because it's so easy to get your heart hardened. Even as believers, to get our heart hardened because I've confessed that in days past. I've, been, I've come in days past, but it's not about what's in the past. It's about today and how we apply it today that sets the course for our future. Because we understand that by faith, our world will be framed by the word of God so that the things we don't see right now will be framed in our life that what is not seen was created from something invisible. We're waiting to see it before we say it, and we already have it. But as Alan has said, listen, what we don't see that God promised, we continue to agree today with the things that God promised that we don't see, and we begin to create from the unseen realm that which God has promised. We begin to see by faith that which God has said, that which we know, we begin to see it. We begin to do like Jacob did when he said, listen, God has promised to prosper me, and it'll be God that prospered me, not man. And he took and took out all the spotted and speckled goats and lambs. And in the herd, he set up spotted and speckled reeds. So every time they came to eat, the vision of spotted and speckled. And all of a sudden, they began to birth spotted and speckled. And he ended up prospering and having herds and herds more than Laban's. Because before he ever saw it, he saw it. He saw it. He acted upon it. He declared that it was his. He had it right now. John, the 15th chapter, the fourth verse, Jesus said this, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. He said, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and he is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now listen to what he says. He's talking about that abiding, that dwelling, that being present in the present. Not I abided in God last year. I used to abide in God. I used to abide in the body. I used to get into his word every day. No, every day, right now, in the present. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you'll be my disciples. Sometimes we read this and people get opposition and say, well, see, people just ask whatever. He said, no, there's people who will ask whatever, but he said, when my words abide in you, when you live in me every single day, right now, you're aware of who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. And when there's a word that's abiding in you right now, a word of loving one another, a word of loving your children, a word of 
prosperity, a word of forgiveness, a word of health and healing. When that's abiding in you, you ask according to that word, and God says, I'll do it. We're not trying to muster up something for our situation, but it lives in us every day. We're trusting in God every single day. Come on, church, there's a time that's coming that if we wait until that day, we'll be running behind. People have talked about this year being a year of reset, of recalibration, of redoing, of resetting. But right now is the time to make sure that right now I'm depending upon God. I'm trusting in Him. His Word, I'm hiding it in my heart. The very issues of my life flow from His Word, not from every situation, not what people say about me, not what I hear on the news, not what my kids are doing, not what my spouse is doing, but of the Word of God so that I can begin to look into the Word of God and I can begin to declare what God has said about my marriage, what God has said about my life, what God has said about my finances, what God has said about my body and my health and my healing, and I can get it on the inside of me, and that can be my daily ask. That can be my daily confession because what I'm asking is because of the word of God that dwells in me because faith is in my heart and in my mouth. I'm just going to set you off on this. You need to look at it and study it, but I encourage you this week to go to the 119th Psalm. The 119th Psalm, he continually talks about the Word of God, the precepts of God, the commandments of God, and how much he loves them, and how they've changed his life, and how they've fixed situations. In the ninth verse, he talks about how the Word of God cleanses him. In the 25th and the 107th verse, he talks about how the Word of God revives him. In the 28th verse, how the Word of God strengthens him. In the 41st verse, how the Word of God has brought total salvation to him, how the word of God is answers to his problem in the 42nd verse, in the 67th and 68th verse, how the word of God has restored him, in the 105th, the 130th verse, how the word of God has been a light and a lamp and direction to his very path, the 116th verse, how the word of God has upheld him in every situation. And that's just scratching the surface. The psalmist decided, I'm going to take something and I'm going to write it. The Holy Spirit had it put here that we could see that the Word of God is not just some story that we listen to. It's not something that we just come as a religious activity, but it's something that we open our ears and we allow to be planted into our hearts because the Word of God is life and it's health. And sometimes that we think that we're getting it, but we're allowing so many other things to be planted into our heart that now we've got a combination of wheat and tares coming up in our heart and our daily ask, our daily confession, our daily what we're talking about, speaking every day, what's coming out of our heart has not very much to do with God, but everything to do with what the world is doing and going on today. But there's something tremendous going on in the kingdom of God right now. Right now. That we're not waiting for. I know we sing breakthrough is coming, but breakthrough is here. 
For whatever your situation breakthrough is here, you can wait till it comes or you can make it happen right now. You can declare my breakthrough is now. I'm breaking through right now. You might not be all the way through, but I'm breaking through right now. I'm breaking out of my bonds right now. I'm coming through to the other side right now. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm not confused because God's been made unto me wisdom, sanctification, righteousness, and redemption. In him I have life, I have salvation. He's my health, he's my healing, he's my wholeness. He is the author of my joy, he is the prince of my peace. When the enemy tries to plant something else in our heart, we uproot it right away. We cast it down. And when he says, no, you're just a sad person, you're in trouble. No, the joy of the Lord is my strength. No, you're just weak and you can't get it. By the grace of God, then when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy.